and uh, I felt like I felt this uh, satisfaction in my in my belly. It was like, wow, I really needed that mm-hmm. when I was younger. But like how how finished I am, like how I- I'm like uh, I feel like an equal. Like in a classroom, you're sitting in the audience, you're sitting in the classroom, and there's a teacher who yes. has the answer, teaches you stuff. Yes. And I'm not in the classroom anymore. Mm. The student has now become the master. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Innocent Mugenga, and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast. We all come from somewhere and aim to make a journey through life. Constant change. This is an open-ended exploration of our ability and desire to learn, grow, and adapt. In conversation with inspiring individuals and experts in the fields of sciences, technology, behavior, and performance, we seek to find answers to how to navigate and win in this information age. The future is happening now. And we aspire to evenly distribute the knowledge by empowering your learnability. Let's go. Yes, welcome, Victor. Thank you, Innocent. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's like such a big pleasure to be here. Podcasting about podcasting. Yeah, this will be really (laughs) meta. So how are you feeling uh, before your trip? Like, it's a mixture of being, like, so happy and uh, excited and uh, being so nervous that I'm constantly feeling like puking. Mm. That's pretty much it. So much expectations. Yeah, like, uh, both the idea that I'm going to pursue and, like, meeting such a different culture. It's been, like, 10 years since the last time I was in India. A lot of things have changed, and I've never been there alone either, so... Exactly. We will get more into your trip to India. I'm really excited about what you're about to do there and the big move you're Mm. about to do. But first, I wanted to get to know you a little bit more. Let our listeners get to know you. And uh, you have a really interesting career path. And it's really uh, a great example in the learnability concept. (laughs) So would you mind sharing a bit about your journey? Yeah. Um... I think that like learning has been such a big debate towards my entire journey from start to finish. So I'm from an Indian family and have Indian parents. And naturally, they're very invested in their children's education. It's a part of the culture, sort of uh, a big focus on academia. Exactly. And And, uh, more often than not, that translates into either becoming a doctor or an engineer. And the fun fact is my sister is actually a doctor. My brother is studying to become an engineer. <laughs> there you and go. that's my entire family. And uh, I'm working with marketing and influencers and media production. And that was a really hard path to take because everything was so neat, neatly organized towards uh, like me becoming a, uh, yeah, like studying in medical school. But uh, as early as high school, I realized that uh, I have dyslexia. And that's... Uh, that's very bad being an Indian. It's, uh, 
Like it's part of my dad always says it's part of our blood to be good uh, at education. Yeah, yeah. It's like a bird born without wings. It's like <laughs> it's part of the deal. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I had a really hard time in high school. So I so studied you realized science. in high school that you have dyslexia. Yeah, like I didn't uh, put terms on it, but I really felt that like information it it doesn't enter my brain just by reading and uh, looking at this teacher um, talking about things that I don't understand why they're relevant. So that's where like an existential crisis began of like asking questions about who am I and what am I passionate about? And if I could uh, dream up a life, what would I work with? And all that, those things happened really early, early on in my teens. And they sort of, did they come to you yourself? You started finding these questions or asking these questions and searching for answers or did someone push you in that direction to start asking these questions? I think that I fled from reality. I got really bad grades and I just pushed my problems forward and uh, I dug my head under the sand or more specifically in social media. So I started like to to follow people that influenced me and they seemed to do like everything they uh, took on uh, had this thread of, uh, this thread, red thread of uh, um, impacting people. And uh, again, I, I couldn't put words of what their work title is or anything, but like something in my heart really um, I imagine myself taking the same route. So impacting people, yeah. is that communication wise? Is it like impact entrepreneurship? It's everything from like being a politician to uh, being a, a speaker to being an entrepreneur. They seemed really passionate of what they were doing. And exactly like me, I don't imagine them of like being academical experts. They were just driven individuals. Yeah, so I, like every every lecture I had in school, I just sat back in the back of the in class. the back of the class uh, and just looked out the window every day. I was like imagining what are these people doing, what initiative are are they starting, how are they changing the world today while I'm sitting here in my totally unremarkable life. Uh, so one day uh, I decided that the difference between them and me right now is probably that they took two or three really important decisions like uh, the road is diverging and uh, they took the road less traveled uh, one, two or three times in their lives. Which might have been uh, pivotal, uh, pivoting moments in their yeah, life. Th- yeah, like th- that's where they, they decide, okay, this is the path I'm going to take. And this, it's such an active uh, decision to make because otherwise everyone else is following the norm. Definitely. And I would like to add proactive choice to make. Yeah, exactly. So you're actually deciding this is my life's faith or uh, direction. Yeah, and it's so hard to take that decision, but I think it's so important to have the courage to to decide that I want to live a life of passion. And if you have the courage of deciding that, one day that passion will become your career. So so I decided to drop out of high school. You decided to drop off right there and then? Yeah, right there. I, I went out from the classroom and never came back ever again. And what were you aiming to do? Why did you jump out? Was it just to get away from that? Or did you have a 
plan B in motion. I wish they had. Like this Bill Gates story of like having something going and nothing. Uh, Just but, heard the first part of yeah, the exactly, story. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jump off? Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. No, I was like, I had to get out from there. Um, because like I was spiritually killing myself. And what I did the months afterwards, I just, uh, I said to myself, this is the moment in my life where I'm going to educate myself for real and not let schooling interfere with that. Uh, I'm going to learn everything I need to learn that I have decided is important for me. So I went to the library every day. So every hour that my classmates spend in the classroom, I went to the library and just like read all these books. Like I hated reading books before that. But when I actually got to decide, it's this book I want to pick about philosophy, entrepreneurship, psychology, um, marketing. And like that was such a like such a passionate time in my life. And I get that. Of course, if you're if you get to choose what you're going to read, you're personally invested in what you're reading. And I think you need to be that to really learn. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so it's it's it amazes me that. That's not the case for a lot of people. They don't get to learn things they're passionate about. There's so much with the legacy and conventional system. And that's why I'm really excited about hearing your journey. You really stepped out of the conventional path and you have a lot of like your social surroundings was really pushing you towards a certain direction. Just to take it back to that, how was your parents' reaction I didn't actually tell them that I did that. Okay. Uh, oh, but so you left in the morning and went to the library. Exactly, with my school bag and everything. <laughs> and smart, and, I, smart. and I, 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 I was able to keep that up for, I think, like, like about three months before they realized. I think they, they noticed something was wrong and they called my former teacher. Uh, and uh, that was really bad. So I came home and uh, all the consequences of my decision and their decision, like it exploded that day. And it ended up with my father telling me that uh, you're not my son anymore. Uh, so I, um, I moved out. Directly. Yeah. So I packed my bags. How old and, are you uh, at this time? I think it was 19. And like, I'm, a, I'm an adult, but I was, I was a kid. You don't have a plan. You no. You're not working. So I don't know, like, how, what do I do now? So I, Called a friend of mine, stayed at his place, and then I went to the social welfare thing. Um, and uh, it was a couple of rough, rough weeks, but uh, uh, one thing led to another, and I got a job opportunity in Stockholm. Yeah, because you're from... Um, the countryside. The countryside. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name of your... Borlinge. Borlinge, oh, I yeah. don't think you're an international like, listener. No, will no. Get <laughs> it's a beautiful place on the west coast of Sweden. No, Is it's like right? in the middle. Like, yeah, it's like two hours from, from Every Stockholm. time I've tried to guess a location in Sweden, I've gotten it, gotten it wrong. Yeah, for um, you guys who are listening from uh, like English-speaking people, there's something called Kiljissa in uh, Swedish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a guy who is guessing your ass off. I have no clue. <laughs> it is sort of like mansplaining. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stop doing that. <laughs> okay, so you get a job in Stockholm. What job is that? Um, there was this guy who worked as an impact investor. Yeah. Uh, very early on, I might say. Like, it's uh, very common now. Yeah. But uh, his philosophy was that uh, everything that he puts his money into mm. uh, has to have uh, a social impact in society somehow. And uh, it has to be economically sustainable. That's fantastic. So he got you into to do what? 
like, uh, so, so I got an internship actually, and uh, like I had no money, nothing. Uh, he was like, uh, I think he paid me black. <laughs> I got like 7,000 crowns and my rent was 3,000 and uh, the, the, the SL card, the, the train card yeah. was uh, about like 800 or something. Uh, so how much is left? 3,000 for food. And I, I went on that way for probably one and a half year. And uh, that was the ma- most amazing time of my life. I needed nothing. I just like, every day I woke up and uh, I was so pumped of going to work. All the people I got to meet. And uh, this is such a big debate, uh, it, like in society, um, the idea of working for free. And I love that idea. Because w- what happens then is that you, as an individual who have no experience, have the power to choose who you want to work for. Um, and then you can choose some, some, like a, a, um, an employer that you can learn a lot from. And as an employer, you have a bigger chance of, of trying people and, and uh, yeah, getting new talent in and giving them a chance. We have quite rigid, and I've also spoken about this before, uh, comparing Sweden to Denmark. Mm-hmm. Denmark. Okay. Here in Sweden, you're really locked in. So with that, it's hard to give people a chance and try out new people. And of course, it, both sides have its uh, pros and cons. But I believe there's a huge benefit in being able to give like a guy like you in this uh, instance an opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, I, I think that... Um creating a good environment for employees is so important because in the end, they are the one who is in the weaker position. So you have always have to think about them. But I think that the world is moving into such a, like a freelance uh, uh, um, society. The and like, economy. you've heard these crazy like stats of what is happening that like the work for half of the workforce will be freelancers. Yeah. And I think that um, the rules are not made for that game yet. No. We really need to adapt. And a part of this Gather series that we recently did, we were talking about the future of work and talking about the gig economy. And there's a lot to be explored there. I think that's what the, the phase we're in. It's so new. So we're still exploring, doing research, getting feedback. And then we need to start tweaking the regulations. Mm. So you get to Stockholm. You've worked here for one, a year and a half. What are you starting to find, like, skilled-wise and, and uh, interests? Like, I get to know that my biggest strength is uh, the meeting with people. Oh, yeah. And, I can get that. Uh, yeah, like, um, and um, every time I set out on a new, new journey, like, I have this vision of, like, I see the entire ecosystem of people oh, yeah. working within the same community. And realizing, oh, this person is this person for this community and, and, and like see the value of, of people. And my task has always been to like uh, get uh, to as close to the core as possible. And, but, but the first, like the first five years was all about finding what I wanted to do. I think I thought that I knew like in the moment. What was that? That that changed. Like first, I wanted to become a politician. Oh yeah, you yeah. told me about that. Uh, and uh, then it was like, oh no, like the real change come from uh, companies and their sustainability work and 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 so forth. 
Um, and media, that realization came from a day, like, like really a realization that like uh, dawned on me. That was, uh, I was going to have a lecture in uh, northern Sweden in a, like a small village. Uh, and they had gathered all like their 600 uh, youngsters who went to preschool and high school and all of that. Uh, so I was going to talk with them about how to um, engage in your local society yeah. uh, politically. And then there was this other girl. Her name was uh, Louisa Carlson. And I had no clue who she were. And uh, I got to understand that she was some kind of influencer. So she's a YouTuber. And I called my um, younger friends in, in my, my hometown. I was like, I'm going to have this lecture with this girl. Do you know her? And uh, they didn't recognize her by her real name. But as soon as I told them her name on YouTube, her which is uh, Lucky Doris, they went haywire. They went, oh my God, are you wow. really going to do this? This is the coolest thing you've ever done. I was like, holy shit. And I actually meet her at the airport in Stockholm. You're heading on the same flight. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like nervous of she thinking of me being a fan, like coming oh. up. But she was really nice. And uh, I like understand immediately that her thing on YouTube is that um, she makes fun of... Uh, uh, she's like this girl that um, I think other girls can relate more to than these like fashionistas. Uh, she's really funny. And uh, as soon, like, when we saw each other on the airport and we went to our gate and took the flight and we landed and we went to our hotel in northern Sweden, um, in that amount of time, I'm not kidding you, there were 10 children who came up. And that was like, hundred percent of the children like on our that journey saw, yeah, yeah yeah like really like nervous 12 year old like coming up like hi lucky uh can i take a picture with you and then they turned to me like can you take this picture <laughs> uh, every time and there was like one mom who got like is like so sad for my sake and she actually forced her daughter to take a picture oh, with no. me too i was like that's nothing that's going to end up in social media <laughs> it doesn't help me yeah but like the day after uh we had our lecture in uh uh, um, she had it in one room and I had it in, in another one. And uh, then the uh, crowd shifted. So everyone got to see both of us. So I didn't get to see her lecture, but like I imagine it was probably good. Uh, but then when we took the flight home, um, she was vlogging the entire time. And I, I realized that, shit, I'm a sucker. Because we both were paid to do our lectures. But the thing is that as soon as I put my ass on that flight, my relationship with those children ended and her began. So she had a different way of scaling that relationship and scaling her voice and her impact or whatever she's doing. Exactly. And I've, I've heard this quote that um, the physical world has become secondary and the digital world has become primary. And that sunk in that flight home. And uh, uh, like I realized that I need to work with this now. Yeah, I have no clue how to produce or like, I know nothing, but I need to, I need to know this. So what was your first step getting into this? Like, am I going to start a YouTube vlog and yeah, like, yeah. Not like, like, I don't think that, I don't know, it might come natural to me, but 
Uh, my picture of it was that like being like a youngster YouTuber who like eats weird stuff and get a lot of views. And I didn't feel that came natural to me. Like now it's opened up more. I like, I follow a lot of content that I myself consume. Uh, but I thought of myself, hmm, I think that podcasting is the medium that would be good for me. Is it because it's more mature medium, like the content wise and the consumer? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of times the, the podcasts I was listening to, that was like people like you and me who are trying and being a part of a bigger conversation. And uh, if it's an interview podcast, you interview like guests who are like thought leaders in their fields or, or um, it was, but it, it began with me asking my friend of mine if he wanted to like co-host the podcast with me. And uh, he said yes. And uh, then uh, we went with this idea to uh, a media company called MTG. And uh, they thought it was a great idea. So we, uh, the, the name of the podcast was uh, Question of the Day in English. And uh, every week we like asked ourselves like an interesting question. My idea was that I, I, like, I was going to earn a lot of money by doing this. I was just an idiot. And I think that like people who follow uh, people who have big podcasts and YouTube's, YouTube channels, like they actually believe that that is a possible case. Mm, yes. Uh, There's a big misconception. Around yeah. That. And like, yeah. We, we're part of that illusion too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, like now I got like a podcast myself and I learned myself to, to, to edit and uh, produce uh, um, so, with all the programs. And stuff. So from that podcast, from your podcast idea you had there, you went and pitched it. That's interesting that you went to a, a bigger media agency. Um, I want to hear more about your thoughts around that. But you started producing it yourself. Yeah. And then it slowly but surely became your job while, while you started producing more podcasts. Was that for the media agency? Yeah. So, so the media company, MTG, like uh, um, we were the only ones in their portfolio that w- we weren't famous. Like everyone else were really famous. Uh, but uh, what was unique about us, that was I, I was editing the podcast and uh, they had a producer in-house who work with all the other uh, influencers and podcasters. And uh, she went and got, got another job. So they asked me if I wanted to start producing their podcast. So I worked like with their podcast at the beginning. And uh, um, like, I love podcasting. Like I love like hosting them and I like producing them and listening to them. And uh, this is such an interesting media. And uh, yeah, that w- was where the like podcasting thing began. And then I came really close to uh, two sisters, uh, Peggy and Penny Parnevik. And uh, I started my own little like podcasting, uh, like I, uh, freelance as a podcast producer. Yes. And did they you were meet my first customers. Them, did I have the idea for their podcast when you met them or did you work it out together? Did you pitch them for that podcast? No, they were really early. Like uh, they were probably the earliest one in this uh uh, in podcasting in Sweden, like being influencers from the beginning. Yes. And so, so they had influencers been in, turned podcasters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they had been there for a while. Um, so I just got their case in my table and we fell in love with each other. So, so we've been working now for two and a half years. What have you learned from this journey and, uh, what's your key like takeaways uh, from the podcasting industry, working with influencers, producing, whatever side or all of the sides uh, you want to pick from? 
a big insight is that, like, I think fame is evolving to its next stage. And uh, before, it was all about the movie industry. You made a blockbuster movie, and uh, then you went to the red carpet like once or twice a year. And that was it. Still a part of that bigger product, like the movie is a product and you're a star of that product. Yeah, exactly. But we never really get to know the person behind it. And I think that there's such a big craving of, like, it has to be real. We want the real thing. And then reality TV, like, uh, became all the rage. But that was really produced, like, there's a production behind that it's too. It's still a product, yeah. And then what happened? Uh, somewhere around where I entered in is that uh, like this influencer thing, like being a lifestyle influencer means like uh, you give your life to the audience and you try to produce like as much drama and as much uh, interesting stuff, but your life, your life is a thing behind it. Daily. Yeah. And the platform is now social media. Exactly. And podcast is such a, it's just such a great medium for that. Um, because like the natural platforms for an influencer, uh, to create their content, that's Instagram and, uh, YouTube for yes. some people, but that's an, another different level of production. Yes. But it, so it's Instagram like, is like, Instagram is like the core. Yeah. But what is happening in Sweden that's really, really special and unique is that podcasting has become the natural next frontier for the influencer. I've chosen to separate these terms simply because uh, influencer has sort of been associated with a certain type of social media manner and, and activity. So I've chosen to use the word thinkfluence mm-hmm. and thinkfluencer. Mm. And I believe podcasting, like you're uh, talking about, gives you the opportunity to share your thoughts in a different way. Exactly. And move from maybe being a face on Instagram to being a voice, a thought leader through your podcast. Mm. If you have something to say and share. Yeah, and I think that like fundamentally Instagram... um, Going into like it's so natural for ever like for especially for me and for everyone else that um I, I meet you, and I didn't know you before. The most natural step for me to take is like, who is innocent? Mm. And I, I I look up your Instagram, and now I get like ah, that friend and that friend follows him. This is his street cred. That's this like is his type him. of content and interest and yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, and uh, the podcasting thing is that's getting to know a person deep. That's befriending a person. Uh, It's so funny. I think that you've experienced this too. As soon as I started my podcast, all of my friends started listening. Mm -hmm. So every time I met them, we had that episode the last week we did. And we had a conversation you can already. follow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really love that. Yeah, and there's like, I'm always having a conversation with you, but you're like, you're not there. <laughs> and and uh, th- that's so interesting because like, they're invited to such a personal part of our thoughts in our life. Um, and and that's, uh, th- th- that's the thing of po- about podcasting, I think. I, I really love that it's such an intimate product or intimate platform. So right now someone's listening to this through the headphones, it might be on the bus and and you really get like yeah, the doing the closeness. dishes, like yeah, walking yeah. the walk with their dog. So intimate part in their daily lives yes. that we get to be a part of. And, and exactly. Instagram, you sort of remove yourself maybe from reality. You're looking at your screen scrolling. 
well, here you can say look around and it, it's a part you're working out or whatever. It's a part of your day yeah, in and, a different way. And also, uh, it's an active decision to listen to a podcast. Yes, you choose. While yeah, Instagram so is true. a passive consumption and you feel bad after you've scrolled Instagram for two hours. That's so true. So podcast, I would like to add it to the proactive exactly. field. So I choose, I have, I right now currently subscribe to 27 podcasts. I have chosen them. I continuously look to when they're updated and I try to follow the conversations. And if I think a podcast is not good anymore, I can remove it. And exactly. it's really proactive behavior. Mm. Instagram, it's so reactive. Facebook, mm. they, they're just reactive. It's like, and like you said, every time you caught yourself, damn, I spent a half an hour, 20 minutes on this platform. What have I gotten? What have I done? It's exactly. sort of, that's, I think, the main differences, proactive and reactive. Mm. And that's why I'm really bullish on podcasting and actually audio in large um, and like being biased towards ed- education and exploring that. I believe audio can be, uh, the rise of audio can help the education of tomorrow. Mm. So take yourself in jumping out of school, sitting in the library, having dyslexia as well. Uh, you read, you can read, you learned a lot, but imagine that doing that today, we have podcasts, you have audiobooks, you can listen, you can, YouTube is also, if you use it in the right way, a good channel to get some education. I think it will change everything because um, yeah. when, when I saw myself in high school, um, I, I like, I consumed the content that was there at the moment. Like these were really, really big people. So it had like, two lectures up on YouTube, Mm. but that was it. And then I read their posts, but to be 17 years old now and having these role models and they have podcasts. Weekly updates. Yeah. Like you didn't even have to know them anymore. Like, like you get all the access of their rawest and their most, uh, uh, like their thoughts today. And they bring in their peers, people that inspire yeah, them. Yeah, and you like, you can, it's like, that, that, it gives me the chill. <laughs> yeah, like, to hear how they talk yes. with another person yes. too, and not just the package keynote that they always do. Exactly. Um, a, a natural conversation. And when I started listening to podcasts, and when I describe, try to describe why I loved it, I listen a lot to science podcasts and, and stuff like that. I said, it's like I get the chance to hang out with these scientists. Just being me, Innocent Mugenga from Stockholm, having gone that academic path in that way, I get to hang out in that conversation. Mm. And I try to, like, you, you, you can find yourself listening to podcasts, trying to chime in or <laughs> be in the conversation. Yeah. And that really uh, develops you, I believe. Like we were talking about earlier, if you have an interest and you can apply yourself to the knowledge, you're bound to get it in, on a deeper level, mm. I believe. Mm. So we're both here very bullish on podcasts. We're, I think we're, we're selling podcasts to people already listening <laughs> yeah, to podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, about that, uh, like, so statistically, I think we're 30% of the population right now in Sweden who listens to podcasts in a regular basis. And that's a lot. Like, I think that the, 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 the common podcast listener listens to six hours of podcasts a week, which is crazy. It's a lot. And then there are this like like huge amount of people. I think that's like forty percent of the population who have heard of a podcast. Yes, that might convert in the future. Yeah, and it's interesting because what is necessary for them to convert to become podcast listeners? I think that people who have their own podcast and try to sell it in, to this 
big mass of people, they do it in a really dumb way. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to convince a person by, to listen to a podcast by trying to explain what a podcast is. Mm. It's like radio on demand. Oh, and yeah. uh, um, that's like, if you're a radio host, you explain how radio works. Mm. I think that podcasting will take the next step when the content is there. When we get our house of card quality oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and the handmaid's tale and, uh, and when an influencer or a thought leader that you really respect start podcasting, and That's you see that happening. You see, like you said, it's a natural product or it's a natural platform for thought leaders to be on. Mm. So you start seeing like almost all thought leaders converting into podcasters. Yeah. It's a natural step. Yeah. And we have so much content here. That's yes. why like statistically, I think we're like the third most podcast listening country. And it makes a whole lot of sense having Acast be from here, mm. having Spotify be from here making huge bets into podcasting mm. and audio. So Sweden and Stockholm is really an interesting position in this movement and us also with that. Yeah. Being interested in yeah. this. Yeah. And having the theory if it works. The question is, do we have like the unique circumstances of podcast listening coming natural to us? Or is it universal and we're ahead? That's a really interesting question for us both as now we're getting into your move to India. Yeah. And I was maybe... You see what I did there? Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> That's why you want to podcast with a podcaster. Yeah. I might chime in with a little bit uh, since I'm, I'm uh, the director of operations for a startup called Afripods, but focus right here is on you and your move. So tell us, you're moving to India just within a few days. Yeah. Where exactly are you moving? What will you be doing and why? So I'm moving to Mumbai, which is like the LA of India. Oh, That's yeah. where Bollywood <laughs> and the media industry is going on. Exactly. And uh, my family from Calcutta. How far is that? Like the That's as way. far as you can get. So that's it's like different languages and stuff. I'm going there to... I have this theory. I, I want to export the way of working with podcasts as I've been doing from Stockholm to there. And uh, like, I know all the smaller media agencies that have made remarkable jobs of uh, creating such a quality content in Stockholm. Uh, but the, problems that, the, the problem that we will always face is that we're 10 million people. It's a small market. Yeah. And I think that if we look at influencer marketing as a sector, Influencer marketing is earning 650,000, no, 650 million uh, this year in Sweden, yeah. which is a in lot. In Sweden? Yeah. Okay. Which is a is lot. Is that sick, Swedish uh, kroner? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, exactly. So there's not dollars. So, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 650 million crowns. Which is about 60 million dollars. Uh, 70 million dollars. Yeah. yeah. But, but the thing is that it is a lot. But it's really not compared to, to like to be an entire sector. Like, and and I know like I know pretty much all the people working in it, and they are part of the cake and trying to get the biggest piece. But the cake will not grow that much more based off language restrictions yes. and population restrictions. Exactly, and uh, like agencies in general, when they grow too big uh, to just be limited by Sweden and Stockholm. Where do they go? They go to two cities. It's London and it's New York. And I don't understand that equation 
because they go to another place with such a big amount of people, so many agencies already there. Exactly. And my theory is that population is more, yes, but competition is also more. Exactly. So, and no one is looking to countries within Asia or Africa. Like, there's gold under the ground and no one is digging. It's unfamiliar. So with it being unfamiliar, with maybe not having an entrance, an open door, mm. naturally you go to what you know. So you know Hollywood because you've followed it since you were a kid. London is quite close and you've consumed probably content from it. But there are huge opportunities in Asia, uh, India to be specific, in Africa, different parts of the continent. Mm. So I think you're in an amazing position to help these companies uh, grow into markets that are ready. Do you believe the market is ready for... Yeah, everything is pointed to it. Like, I've thought about this move for two years now, and that's kept me awake at night for two years. Like, since the last time I was in India, 10 years ago, till now, the amount of people who have access to the internet has doubled. Uh, And that translates into, I think, the internet penetration is 34%, which uh, sounds low, in, in in Sweden, it's uh, 99. But for being such a big country, Population. 34% translates into 460 million people. Yes. And that's more people having access to the internet in India than there are people, li- people living in the US. And it's by far more than the Swedish market in March. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> by far more. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, Facebook is winning huge. So Facebook owns Instagram and WhatsApp. Yeah. Like, I think Facebook has 270 million users. WhatsApp have 4 million, 400 million users. Um, and Google is, like, fighting to get their, like, share of the market. They should be there in, in Yeah, Africa so YouTube well. is big. YouTube is huge in India. Uh, and, like, these big um, social media infrastructure companies are fighting and that creates great circumstances for the content creators. Yes, because um, their platforms need content. Exactly. And the type of content that we've learned that we like to consume here. So we've seen podcasting growing year over year for, I don't know, how, I think it's like 20 years now in Sweden or uh, wherever you want to pick in the West. Mm. And I think it's really bound to grow in the same way in these markets. Yeah. It is growing today. Yeah. And I think it's bound to get up to the same, if not more, larger numbers. When the internet penetration grows, there's a maturity. And do you have the same thing with, we speak a lot about frog leaps in Africa. Mm-hmm. So jumping over sort of some some technologies, one clear example is like desktop, completely jumping over desktops and going to mobile. Mm. It, it, is, it is exactly the same way in India. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it's 80% of the internet's consumption is uh, done via smartphone. And uh, yeah, they, they didn't have a computer. Yeah. And uh, it's really... Uh, interesting to see their behaviors towards the internet and the, the phone. So 28% of the Google searches is made via voice. Oh, that's interesting. That's another conversation. Yeah, so, I'm so, about so, to so have... they have like a, like a human relationship with technology, which comes natural to them because we've always like, we've always like tapped the keyboard. Um, so, so they're actually like behavior wise in front of us. That's really interesting. So when I spoke about this, I I said I'm interested in the rise of audio. So I don't say the rise of podcasting, the rise of audio, but I'm saying the rise of audio. And with that, I'm including voice. Mm -hmm. So voice 
assisted technology and and uh, uh, hardware that implements voice. I'm about to have Diana Mosa on the podcast, who is the co-founder of the voice agency called Talking to Me, mm-hmm. to explore more about this voice-driven uh, future we might be heading into. Mm. So I didn't know that fact that they are that a uh, voice. Exactly. So 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 the companies will be, they will be forced to. They have to have a voice relationship with their consumers. So they need to be given a voice. Um, I have not thought of that as much as like helping them produce that part, but um, like um, to, mar- to, to, market, to, to, to market their companies and campaigns and products uh, on, uh, on the podcasting as a platform will be really important. I sent you, the, we, there was a report going around from Silicon Valley about the uh, podcasting industry. And you can see how podcasting, since this is such a new medium, is heavily under monetized. Yeah, today. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there's huge opportunities there. It's like, there's a lot that speaks for this. So the market is growing, internet penetration is going, mobile friendly. There is a lot of revenue being made within podcasting. But if you add the right margins that it really deserves, if it wasn't just a new medium, it's a big industry. And it's it's really ready to grow. Mm. So, what would be your strategy moving into this market? There is no podcasts uh, listening right now. Nothing. I mean, if we see the other social media platforms, there's less than a million people listening to podcasts. Like less than half a million. So it's a completely like blank slate. Yes, and there is no radio culture since before. And uh, the majority of phones are their own local phone called the Geophone. So, so they don't have the podcasting app built uh. in. And that's been the, what speaks in favor of Sweden uh, because we have the Apple iPhone. users. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, it will be a big challenge to start this new behavior mm. of content consumption. And music consumption, like uh, now Spotify is, I guess, the only example of a music player that moved into podcasting. But do they listen through uh, Spotify today, uh, listening to music? Uh, no, like Spotify is just established. So the thing is that culturally they, they listen, music is so integrated in movies. So there's like, you really listen to music that it's not in the movies. So they consume music via via video. There's some players uh, who's doing different and interesting things. There's one production company called IVM Podcast. Yeah, and they like they they want to be the Indian version of Gimlet. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so production they, house. Yeah, so yeah. they are producing quality podcasting shows. But I think the key to convert a mass audience to listen to podcast is via um, getting people who are already famous starting podcasting. That's my idea. Like have a studio and try to make, for example, Bollywood actresses to start podcasts about life. Like again, about like the evolution of fame. Uh, everything is about Bollywood still. Mm, okay. So it's so still- they need to make, like, I think that it's a question of time until they take the next step of everything being about reality. And that, that will be like today, the, the kids, the girls and the boys 
they're dreaming at night of becoming a Bollywood actor or actress. And I think that that will change. That could be a frog leap as well. I have the same strategy working towards the, the African continent in converting existing stars, be it through traditional media or social media stars, into podcasters. But that could be a frog leap in India. So you said there's still a big focus in the production and Bollywood and then leaping reality into podcasting. Mm, exactly. So instead of doing the reality shows, you can do a reality podcasting show. Mm, exactly. It will be a case of the, the chicken and the egg. So I will need the, the, the companies who want to invest their marketing budget on podcasts. So I have to convince them first of like podcasting is really like a really good marketing strategy and my specific uh, influencers are perfect for you. And I like, I need that deal to get the influencer to start podcasting too. So this so that will be the puzzle that I have to solve the coming uh, half year forward. But I think you have so much talking for you, just the stats globally convert that into like, this is an upcoming market. I think really proactive and and progressive companies and influencers will be uh, bound to to see this opportunity mm, exactly and you have a big market so i'm guessing you have many people to talk to yeah exactly <laughs> you yeah, can get yeah. more no's there yeah 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 and uh, and i think it's amazing like framgångspodden uh, that yeah. we have in sweden success podcast yeah I think the success would, uh, podcast translate that too uh, I think something that's really amazing is uh, guests. They are all very successful entrepreneurs and investors and like uh, entertainers. And the thing with a lot of them is that they were not famous. They were known mm. in their own bubble, yes. but they weren't famous. That's really interesting. And he gave them that platform. To let people know outside of your specific industry all your accomplishments. Yeah. These can be people that have been in the industry for 40 years. They've exactly. achieved a lot. They're superstars. Exactly. And then the I, I get amazed every time when I'm back home in the countryside. Yeah. I see this kid listening to Framgångspodden in oh, the yeah. countryside. Oh, yeah. Like he reaches them like all the way here. And I think that he was one of the people that changed the game in podcasting in Sweden. And I want to replicate that. Like Vervet was a godfather of podcasting in Sweden. He started the first podcast. And he's a and really good uh, host and uh, interviewer. Yeah, and like his thing is like he, he asks you a question that's really deep. And then when the guest is finished, he don't like, he just waits to the next thing to come. Like he's really good at that. Um, and what he did, he had these long, long interviews. Like how long are they? Like two hours or something? About two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I believe. And that was the first time that people could consume their uh, actors and all this, these celebrities in, in such a long length of time. Interviews that they did, did, did in TV before, yeah. they was like, we have 20 minutes. Like, yes, maximum. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, but, but it was such a long format. And yeah. that was the thing that made Swedes listen to podcasts at the beginning. And then we had this era of uh, the Schumann family and uh, all these, um, all, the, all the old timers that have been working on in like uh, behind the scenes in television. And they like, uh, like culturally, like really famous. Um, a lot from like old media. Old again. media people yeah, yeah. Uh, started podcasting, like uh, two women and two men um, who just like took different interesting subjects and talk about. So that invited a new, a lot of new people. Yes, and more then, on the entertainment side. Yeah. 
And then this, this new era that we're in now is like really young influencers uh, that inviting like a really young audience to listen to podcasts. And uh, like it gets repackaged and there's like people coming up with different formats. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that that evolution began in Sweden maybe 10 years ago. And the interesting thing here is that if we look at our neighbor countries yeah. in the Nordics, they have no podcasting culture there. I hasn't established. No. Uh, I, I've just assumed that it replicates to to our neighboring markets. It didn't it because didn't, no. because they never had that first content creator. Mm. They are exactly like the same societies that we are, but but they they didn't have the first the natural one. path. That exactly, we've they didn't had the Netflix version of House of Cards, uh, but we did, and that's why we we evolved so much so fast, and and I think that's replicable yes exactly here i think it happened like when you describe it it's different podcasters so vervet is one uh, uh framgångspodden is one and they don't have with each other to do so it's sort of it's not someone strategically placing the podcast and launching them <laughs> in different uh, yeah, like time. i'm I, like yeah like you're yeah, about I'm to do, do yeah. in <laughs> india that's it. how i can see it you can have like a game plan of rolling podcasting yeah, yeah, out like, yeah to the, the future you yeah. know Yeah, and and, and uh, I think that I will focus a lot on. Uh, I think podcast is a great medium for women. Yes, um, yes, for women producers or hosts, both and, and audiences. Listeners. Yeah, yes, they, they, I really like that. There was an amazing article that I read where uh, one of two, uh, one of my podcasts were mentioned. Uh, there was this uh, journalist, uh, and she wrote about why she, as a wom- woman, love podcasts. Um, she loves to listen to women talking about their lives and like inviting other women to that intime bubble and they get to talk about everything that they wouldn't be allowed to or like culture allowed to in in, uh, in a bigger space. It's like a safe spaces and, and it, it resembles communities on Facebook, but it's more information driven. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think this phenomena is a universal thing. It's like uh, it's like the we're at a club and there's a woman bathroom and a men's bathroom and like as I've heard it explained to me when when like when we men go into the bathroom we enter fucking hell yeah. <laughs> like everything smells like urinal and try I mean, not to slip on the floor yeah, to, yeah. and and like not look at anyone other dick and like <laughs> eyes straight forward go in and then go out without puking that's exactly. the case for us yes. but w- when i had it retold to me when when a woman goes into the to, to the bathroom she enters heaven it's a part of the experience yeah like, and there's like That's the reason why I go clubbing yeah, to meet yeah, all the yeah, girls. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you look good, and like, they just share lipstick and like Instagram they talk about stories. yeah, they talk about the experience outside. And the same thing with the phone. When the phone came and be- became part of our culture, um, it wasn't the guys who spent five hours talking on the phone to each other. They're, they w- women did that, that to like isolate themselves in that bubble. So I th- and and I think. The time has really come um, for that to happen in India because it's still quite a patriarchy. Statistically, if you look at the U.S. and I believe it's the same for Sweden, men are still the majority of the listeners. It's not big; it's like fifty-six, forty-four, or something like that, percent-wise. I got a report from Kenya today, where seventy-three percent are women mm, listeners. Wow. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it could be the same for these maybe. 
more these environments that generally could be harder for women, that they seek um, ways of adding to their lives. Mm. So adding more more empowerment or whatever you can get from these podcasts, information, education, they're more out there looking for it. Yeah, and and I think that um, this next step... And I'm really happy if it's like that. Yeah, and, and like this next step in media, that I, like before when I worked at MTG, they were all men, mm. white men, oh, everyone. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the problem that I had there was that when we... When MTG, uh, when a customer came, they wanted to market their products, they sold the radio spots mm. instead of the podcast, which which comes natural to yeah. them because that's the thing that's always worked. And that was sort of what I'm saying, why podcasts is monetized at the lower level today. It's exactly. the legacy of the media. Exactly. And and I think that um, all the the best agencies, like influencer agencies in general, They're all led by women. Mm. Like I only work with mm. women. Everyone I work with, uh, and I am the only man. Yeah, and I get the typical role of being the producer. Oh. <laughs> uh, but but like I've realized that like this shift in marketing and the shift in media has become that's been so empowering for women because finally they could leash out on their own. They could follow their, their truths to the end without anyone saying what to do. And and what their men are doing without within media today, I experience that they are like they're still holding on to the old answers. Um, so, so so I'm I'm like I really want to create a um, a, a, a female uh, kind of uh, culture in. Uh, I really like that a lot. Yeah. I really like that focus. Uh, like now, when I started at Afripods, we changed our tagline to Amplify Africa. So I see podcasting as being an opportunity of amplifying Africa. And that goes information both ways. So sending out the African experience and the African uh, development, technology, whatever is coming from Africa, sending it out there, letting people know, but also getting the information in. So that could be like you're talking about women uh, getting information about how the women's right movement has looked in different parts of the world or whatever that's information that's empowering. I believe that information both ways is how we can, uh, part, partly how we can amplify Africa moving forward. That's amazing. I, th- I, like, I totally agree with you. And that's a, a responsibility that a storyteller has. Mm, yes. I think that um, a lot of times we think we only document like culture, but like it's us who are creating it too. It's dynamic. Uh, yeah, but the stories that we are allowing ourselves and the people we work with to speak out. That's beautiful. It's it's even more reason for me um, hoping you succeed in, in <laughs> India. I, naturally, I hope you succeed, but yeah. this is even more reason. Yeah, we'll have to have a follow up after you've been there a while. Maybe I come there and we we'll sit yeah, in your yeah, podcast yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah, like a fucking king. What's your favorite innovation throughout history? Like, I really get the shells when I hear hear about innovations that we don't acknowledge anymore. And- uh, That we sort of take for granted. Not not taking for granted, like we don't even see them mm. because they are so ingrained in our culture. Oh yeah. I'm rereading Sapiens now. Yeah. Like for the third time. Yeah. And- uh, Great book. I'm in this chapter where he he speaks about the garden. Like w- w- why did it become so 
obvious for people to have a garden. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like your own personal. Yeah, um, and like I thought about that actively. Like from the countryside, we, like we have this big garden, and that creates like this shitty dim- dimension of job. Like uh, you have to cut the grass in the summers. You have to like. Pff- Create the leaves. Yeah, the leaves in the autumn and like shovel the snow in the wind. It oh, never yeah. stops, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I live in an apartment. So I like every time I go home, like, Victor, can you do this? Like, what the fuck? Like, uh, what would you do if I wasn't here? <laughs> and, and and like, but how did that come so natural mm-hmm. for us? Mm-hmm. And as he explained it, gardens were exclusive for rich people uh, and royal people. Uh, gardens was a part of castles. But then... I don't know if this was someone who thought actively about it and had this strategy, but when uh, when the middle class was growing, they 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 decided to get their own garden themselves—a very small garden, but a garden—and that would be the most obvious physical manifestation that they are a middle class family now. Oh yes. We've so moved. the neighbor, when they see their neighbor having a garden, they're like, "Holy shit, we need to get a garden too!" Mm. And that that's how gardens became populated. I think we're still in that, <laughs> looking at our, at our neighbors and wanting a better garden. Yeah, and 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 we we don't recognize that this is a behavior that we decided somewhere down the line, and that we just followed. I would have guessed that it was like you have your plot of land to live off, like when you speak about having the garden. Yeah, so. there's a practical way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But now we have these like fucking flowers. And- yeah. <laughs> I have no clue. Just money-consuming uh, gardens. Yeah. And uh, like to build, I don't know how much time we have, but to build on that, if I can. Yeah, go ahead, please. A year ago, I went out clubbing at Spy Bar in Stockholm. And that's like the the place to be. That's where all the famous people go clubbing. And it's really hard to get in. And uh, I had my, my, my uh, friends, podcasting friends in Stockholm. And uh, we went out clubbing. And we were like 18 people and the, the guard, guard was like, yes, you, yes, go in. Like 18 people. <laughs> and and uh, like we had a fun time and then they opened up this new space and we were the first one to get into it. And we had like a couple of beers and then they opened up, they opened that space up for everyone else and we got the seat up on the VIP. So the first thing you see when you get in is like the VIP section, like around oh, like uh, yeah. over there. And I was like, I, I wonder, like, was this, was this intentional? And I, I went down and was going to buy a beer and uh, I got this intense, I got locked eyes by a girl and it was really intense. And she was like, oh, nice jacket. Like, oh yeah, gee, thanks. It like bought it from H&M and it's like <laughs> really cheap and stuff. It was like, what are you talking about? I bought the beer, we had a chat and I went up to, to the VIP section again. And then like 40 minutes later, I went down again to buy another bear. And the same girl was like still there. And again, we locked eyes. And she's like, um, do you want to go uh, go down smoke? I'm like, I, I, I don't smoke and stuff. And she looked at me and was like, you don't get the hint. Come on, man. You don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, let's go down. And, and, uh, and you like, go down all the way. Smoking is bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a lecture. <laughs> yeah. and, and we stood outside. We're all like. Where all the people gets in, uh, we started ma- 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 making out. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, that, yeah, uh, that was fun. Escalated quick. <laughs> yeah, that, like uh, and uh, like time slowed down, and all the sounds was like 
it sounded like I had had my head in water. Mm-hmm. You know, it's have a boom. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was looking at all the people who stood outside. It was three o'clock, and they still want. There was still hordes of people wanted to come trying in, trying to get in. Yeah, and they're trying to make eye contact with the guard and like, like pick us, like yeah, <laughs> and. Nightlife in Stockholm. It's yeah, it's, isn't it like I hate that it's so ex- exclusive. Uh, I get that, but but I, like I, I realize this that, huh? Like Spy Bar is a story. Mm-hmm. They're not selling the experience of being there. When I watched my crew, like if I could rate our happiness from <laughs> one to ten i think that night we're like on a five yeah um, and that's a good good night out yeah, yeah like it, i hate it, it doesn't get no fun. it doesn't no, get better no, than that no. why do you like never remember and the thing is that because we're all part of this illusion like yeah. th- these people who are like waiting outside they think that going in there will increase their happiness level yes. to the 10 um but what spy bar what we don't realize because if we were animals is that um, spy bar they don't sell the experience being there but they sell you the story that you're a part of the elite and that's the thing that these people standing outside Are see is their happiness into. yeah oh yeah and the thing is that spy bar as a club needs famous people there to be relevant but it's a symbiose the famous people need to be, be there, there to stay to famous s- exactly and oh, <sighs> I re- like I realized such a dark truth about like m- myself and life and society. I st- like I-, I went up again and I watched the window and st- like still watching these people trying to get in. And um, oh yeah, that window. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that window. Down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, you know, like someone took an Instagram video and everyone jumped in uh, and became really happy and like danced and stuff for and the as moment. As soon as the guy was posting it. Everyone went back to their phones, and th- th- like, I, th- it's not an active choice for none of us. But in the end, we are an industry of influencers and clubs and companies and agencies who are all working to sustain this illusion of it being fun in there. Mm. It's really empty, but we're so f- fearful of losing our spot to be outside in the rain waiting for our place back in the warmth so it's hard to stay true to yourself sort of and when you describe spy bar it sounds like marketing in large basically <laughs> yeah but, but like i think that like they have not actively thought about this but it, like it's the result of any elite club in any country mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, like we we all are building on that illusion and in the end it like we became slaves to it and it became so strong that we, we bought into it ourselves. Mm. Thank you for um, evolving on your a- answer. Yeah. yeah so, so <laughs> like my thing was that like, I like innovation for me is these stories mm. that our culture bought into. Mm. So really culture shifting innovations. Yeah. And congratulations, you got to make out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Got that into the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Still single though. <laughs> See you Spybar. <laughs> Before you head off. Yeah, exactly. On a more serious note, or it doesn't have to be. 
If you were to write a book that would be read by all young adults in the world, what would be the title and subtitle of that book? Oof. If if I could express this into a sentence, I don't know how good of a title it would be, but um, realize that being outside the box is so valuable. Mm. So I would maybe make the title Life Outside the Box. Yeah, that was a good one. And subtitle um, Finding True Meaning and Value or something in life. Yeah, or like More of like, I think that you can relate to this a lot, like being from a minority in a country like Sweden or, or being a minority anywhere. Um, you became such a, like a dynamic person with like dual or multiple person, like, like this thing that you see how people act and you can emulate that mm. and you can be all oh, the, the nice African dude. And the, the, you, you're the one of the good ones, Victor. <laughs> you, you, like, you know how to play on that. But like, I don't know if you can relate, but like high school, like I can jump around the gangs, but I never would. I can part definitely of it. Yeah. relate. Yeah. And I think that's like, like the product of being, being in our situation. Mm. And uh, when I realized I wanted to work within media, I didn't like include this, but the first thing I did was like, I um, applied for a lot of internships in these uh, PR agencies but didn't even get the chance of working for free. That's what I mean. Like the opportunity, there's a high cost of trying and testing and might be some biases in the recruiting process. Yeah, well. and, and yeah. like their bias, I think that, that was about um, when I see the people getting these jobs, they're either students at their baddies, baddies yeah. or they are these hot girls and guys who are mingling in uh, the Stockholm Studeplan night, nightlife, you know? And I wasn't neither of one of them. And then I understood if I can start producing media, I can come in via that quota. Bypass sort of the, the gatekeeper. Exactly. And I can get access to all of the players and uh, come in with, uh, with the thing I wanted to work with in the beginning. And, and I hated that, that I, I never got to be chosen by either my, the, the, the teams in the, classroom or the PR agencies, but that's your most valuable thing. That's your strength. Yeah. They haven't had to go the long way, the hard way. Exactly. And that, like, it gets you really creative. Uh, I met my boss at this agency and she had this uh, intern, a girl that had all the right clothes and the, the, the Stockholm dialect. And, uh, and like, I thought of myself, like, and she, she, and my boss is like, she sees me as a, like, she saw me set an equal, yeah. especially now when I'm setting out to do my own thing. Oh, yeah. And like, I saw this girl and she was really shy and, and like, I, I, I said to myself, holy shit, like, it wasn't long ago, like, I, I would dream of get, getting oh, that opportunity. yeah, of being her, yeah. sort of, yeah. But I think that that would be the worst uh, circumstances for me because I, I wouldn't take the step after that. That reminds me, we've spoken previously, I believe it's on the podcast, about how I can sort of, this might sound harsh, but feel sometimes sorry for people who are privileged. Mm, you understand what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you put so good words that. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is the reverse, like being unprivileged makes, yeah, toughens you or, or gives you an edge, sort of. And you, you'll never be done. You will never be done. Um, this is just this game. Then there's the next game and the next game. And you, you will like, it's in a different room, but it's the same game. 
That's a very valuable book. I really hope you. Get, I really hope you get to write <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's I'll, a lot I'll, of I'll call you when great I like content. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a person to brainstorm this with. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. So moving on. Um, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? The past seven years has all been about learning yes. and educating myself, yes. being a student, and. Uh, I think that the last year is the first year that now I'm going to actively produce something mm, with everything that I've learned. the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and I think that uh, I found my voice. And uh, like last week, I saw a lot of people from my past life that I was looking up to when I went to high school and like people that I never thought of meeting. And some way, like way down the road, I befriended them. and. Uh, I saw them in action last week, like three of them. So I saw their lectures in like really weird um, circumstances. Yeah, like, like a friend of mine was like, I'm going to his lecture. Are you going to hang with? I was like, yeah, sure. Wow. And then I photographed one of them and I, I, see, I saw they're doing their thing. And uh, I, felt like I felt this uh, satisfaction in my, in my belly. It was like, wow, I really needed that mm. when I was younger. But like how, how finished I am, like how I'm like, uh, I feel like an equal, like in a classroom, you're sitting in the audience, you're sitting in the classroom and there's a teacher who has the answer, teaches you stuff. Yes. And I'm not in the classroom anymore. Mm. The student has now become the master. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Asian proverb. And uh, what was the question? It's like, uh, it was... Uh, it's, the, the question is, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Yeah, I think like finding my own thing and finding my own voice. and A like, belief in yourself. Yeah, like becoming... Be- I've become the person that, that was meant to be. Oh, yeah. And, and now I feel that it's time to produce. That's great. With, I would like to add to that. It's just really great how you described it. And we have the whole, whole podcast in hearing how that happened. And I would like to add, trust the process. Mm, exactly. And like, this is a great advice for someone in, in a place in life where I think that like the time spending educating, or like you ha- always have to educate yourself to get to the next step. But, but uh, I think that, I, I think something has changed. I'm still educating myself, but... Of course, and you l- like I Like I am the person that I'm going to be for the rest of my life now. And I think that I was still trying to find that person these past few years. I think there's many words you can use to describe what you're saying. Like maturity, I believe yeah. would be one. I really get what you're trying to describe mm. here. And I'm glad you've mm. reached that point. Yeah. So lastly. I'm so bad at it. Like, like I, I imagine that your other guests like, they answer like really neatly and shortly. I love your answers. Okay, thanks, bro. What are you eager to learn within the near future? Uh, my brother has this big passion for games. Okay, yeah. It's so like interesting about the future. I never thought growing up that I had to play computer games. Like I never played computer games because that was, was for geeks. Okay. And I feel that, I feel fucking FOMO now. Oh uh, yeah, the gaming industry. Yeah, it's like huge. I think it's so interesting. It's and. Uh, Someday, when time has come, I like I want to do something within that. Mm? Uh, I think that uh, my, my passion is storytelling. Yeah, and I think that the film industry will lose to the gaming industry. 
do you think VR will be an uh, have a part in that? Probably, but I think that games already has become more immersive than uh, than uh, films are. Like uh, I, I watched my brother play this game, Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? No. Like um, a father who it, like the, this, um, it becomes like a, a apocalyptic society. Oh yeah, and people becoming zombies, and he his daughter get killed. Um, and it was like a heartbreaking beginning, mm. and then you see that's the, the start of the game. Yeah, and then you see how how bitter and hopeless of a man he becomes, and then he founds this girl who had the cure in her blood, and he tries to get her to the right place in the other side of the country, and have to go through all these zombies to to get there, and you see how their relationship evolves, and uh, uh, that was such an amazing way of inviting a person into a story and into the feelings it's not just about the like the gameplay and and i think that uh that will be the most interesting sector uh in the near future and uh, like i would want to do something within it something within yeah, yeah i'm thinking if there's some overlap and of course there is like you're saying like storytelling audio productions yeah. <laughs> for the games yeah. there's a lot to be made there yeah. since it's all uh, um digitally created you need the voices Yeah, and like the the like the the esport industry is like, yes. oh, I'm I'm like trying to follow it as as close as I can. And, Same here. Oh yes, I mean it's uh, you can't sleep on it. it like is like that will be huge. Uh, it's already like I think it will be bigger than soccer. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's easy to participate in. Uh, you can do it from home. And There it's so no dynamic. Like you, you can change the rules with oh, like yeah. a button and. Oh, yeah. uh, And also with like becoming someone else in the game. I, I think it really talks for us as humans. It really falls in our, uh, it might be even weaknesses of being lazy and wanting to sit home, but it really, it's, it's something that will grow mm. with us. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the thing I like, want to take time learning more about in the future. Interesting. I'm uh, excited to uh, follow up this conversation in the future. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. This has been amazing, dude. Good luck in in India. Thanks, bro. And you in Africa. Thank right? you, man. Where can people follow you? I always forget doing that. Um, oh, yeah, Instagram, Instagram obviously. Yeah. But uh, I'm thinking of starting some kind of YouTube thing. Oh yeah, of course, man. You should. You yeah, should. I should. I should. Definitely. Yeah. You definitely should with the move and everything. Yeah, but it's like so. Um, It's like you're so naked. I, like that's a real something I realized. Like uh, different between podcasts and YouTube. Like you're so naked. You're there. Like yeah, hey guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you've done some video. Uh, you've you've filmed this podcast. Yeah, we filmed the podcast. We want to move more into video. Mm. Um, the the thing right now, I'm really happy to have teamed up with Levels. Mm. Uh, so we'll be creating more video content together. But it's it's a whole nother thing. So I've been doing this podcast by myself. Basically, it's it's I. Uh, sit down with interesting people, record a conversation, and I can edit it myself. That in itself has taken a lot of time. So yeah. I'm looking forward to being able to hand over the production. Oh, that's amazing. And then adding video production and really uh, furthering the platform. Do you feel any difference, like when the the video Camera thing is, on? is? Yeah, not at all. No. Not at all. And I've gotten good feedback. This is me patting myself on the back, but I've gotten good feedback in like. It's like natural conversations, and I really don't feel the difference. So, have you like um, um, th- thought of starting vlogging, 
or is it just to record the interviews? I haven't thought of it in that way. I've had it like uh, mostly younger people, um, like my girlfriend's uh, younger sister said, like you should do vlog, uh, vlog, <laughs> and she showed me a family that did it and and stuff. But I don't think that's what I would do. I'm, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm still uh, exploring. I'm more interested of producing like great content. That's what I'm interested Mm, of, mm. producing great content. I know video is something that's appreciated and we like watching. And I've seen that with this series we've done as well. People enjoy watching the conversations. And I'm interested in exploring what you could do with that. Mm. So like with this series that we did, I would like to add an extra layer of production with like shots from different locations and to make it even more entertaining, maybe. Mm. So we can edutain. Edutain, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll think, like Instagram is for sure, but let's see if I do that vlogging YouTube thing. Try it out. And if you do it, they will find it on Instagram and that's Victor underscore Ganguly. Ganguly. Yeah. Perfect. Thank yeah. you, man. Thank you, too. Learnability Podcast is produced by Levels, working in the fields of digital transformation, innovation, product development, and venture. If you want to know more about us, visit at wearelevels.com. And oh yeah, if you want to find additional material and contribute to the platform, you can do that at learnability.online. That's learnability.online. Looking forward to getting in touch with you. 